Luke 5, 1 to 11. Most of you hopefully will be familiar with this. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with, who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And something that's kind of interesting with that passage is that so many commentators focus on the call of the disciples, and you can understand why, but they do that as opposed to the to the, the size of the catch of the fish. You see, the size of that catch is important. And it seems that this whole event here took place about a year after Jesus' ministry had begun. Okay, There were, there were two previous calls of disciples and, and we don't have time to go to that. And there had already been quite a level of response to those calls. But suffice to say, when God is calling, he doesn't just call once. There will be a repetition of the call in different ones. There will be different settings and others will recognise that call. They will recognise it and say, you got something happening? Something going on? Years before we started passing, maybe before we'd even gone to Bible college, she would be off at a conference or doing whatever she was doing, you know, out of town somewhere. And people would look at her and go, you're a pastor's wife. Huh? I'd be away doing something. Whatever it was, you know, maybe conference or having boys promise people as teachers or something. And I'd have people just walk up to me, just randomly, and go, You're a pastor. Huh? Oh? But you, you saw what part of no don't you understand? You know? No. I'm, I'm not. There was another time I was driving a bus and we'd join a, a bus full of people and, and coming back from Wellington we'd been down to some rally down there and I was at the hell with a bus. And it was a three-year-old boy sitting, I was driving a bus, and he was sitting with his mum just over there. And about half an hour into his trip on the way back, and I mean, we're, we're talking a four or five-hour trip, he goes, Pastor Bruce. And then he kept saying it every three minutes for the rest of the trip. And I was thinking, for heaven's sake, will someone shut that kid up? You know? But it was things like that. There will be more than one 
others will recognize it. Give me that hand, Philip. There will be more than one voice. There will be reinforcement, there will be confirmation of where he's taking you and what he wants you to do. But that, the actual what and where and how will unfold as part of that process. You know, he's, Scripture tells us that he's given, his word will be a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. It doesn't say it'll be one of these new LED, you know, light bar things that shows 300 miles down the road. It's a light to your feet and a lamp to your path. In other words, as you take a step, you'll see the next one. Isn't it frustrating sometimes? Anyone else feel that? Yeah, yeah. Good that I hear any yeses over here. Yeah, it's a bit frustrating sometimes, isn't it? That's better. There's no one size fits all. Does that come as a surprise? The call that you get will be different from what you get. It'll happen in a different way for you than what'll happen over here, too. No one size fits all. But we need to be careful that in our enthusiasm, we don't run ahead of his call because presumption always comes at a price. And something else with this passage, and you see it in other places in the Gospels, there's a miracle sort of hidden within the miracle. And it says the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. So there's a multitude. Okay? There's a serious crowd. How did Jesus make himself heard? You see, when he fed the 5,000, that's only the number of men. Chances are there was, there was 10 or 12,000 there. By the time the you know, women and kids there and, and there, there would have been a crowd, there, there would have been noise. There would have been people talking. There would have been kids crying, maybe running around. There were maybe some disagreeing and, and possibly being quite vocal about it. And so it goes on. But something to think about. You know, during the Great Awakening in the United States, George Whitfield and John Wesley, they both at times spoke to crowds of up to 20,000 people and they could all hear what was being said. So two things. At times a very profound silence would settle on the crowd. And at times, if you've ever been in that situation where this profound silence settles on the place, there is something going down here and you don't dare move, there's this profound silence sitting on everything. Having said you don't dare move, remember that happening. This, this silence was sitting on the place and there wasn't a sound in it. There's nothing. And some lady starts to pray. Lord, thank you for the silence. Oh, the silence is wonderful. It's awesome. It's, oh, thank you, Lord, for the silence. Shut up, will you? Mm-hmm. God's doing something. Don't cut across it. Be alert to what he's doing in The other thing that happened was when those two guys were preaching, turn about sort of thing, or whatever it happened to be, at times the preacher's voice could be heard of distances up to 160 k's away. That is supernatural. A supernatural profound silence and the supernatural sound of a voice being carried for 100 miles? That's incredible. It really is. A miracle within a miracle. 
Sometimes Jesus picked the spot and definitely not taken away from sound traveling better over water and, and natural amphitheaters and all that sort of thing. But sometimes we need to read the blank and understand the what. Now let's pick it up and see if we can dissect it a bit. Verse 2, And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got to one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. You see, those fishermen were being diligent with what God had already given them. They were washing their nets. They were looking after them. And further on, Jesus tells, tells Simon Peter he would become a fisher of men. And it's important to, to look after ourselves, to not neglect ordinarily spending time with God. We need to be reading scripture. We need to be planted in a local church. When we neglect those things, our nets get holes in it. Fish can escape and be almost brought into the kingdom of God. But when we stand before God, being almost caught doesn't count. Always take good care of your nets. The boat is the bit that seems it's visible, both of them, above the waterline. But the net is the bit that is unseen. It's beneath the waterline. Think about character and integrity. Who are we at home where others can see that which everybody else can't see? What else can those ones at home see that is generally hidden from view. Who are we when no one is looking? How's your neck with bits just below the water? We need to keep both our boat and our net clean. We need to keep it well repaired. We need to check the net of our lives for damage. Maybe it's got a few holes in it. And sometimes we need to stop fishing and take care of the net. Take care of ourselves. Wash off. Do some repair work. If need be, ask for help repairing your net. If someone asks for help repair the hole in the net of their life, be prepared to help. Help them repair those holes. That bit that's below the water. And that is one of the privileges pastoring of being in leadership. That sometimes people come and in a broken state they pour out what it is. At that point they're asking for help and saying, Help me repair my net. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And there's so many things going, going on right there. We just need to take it to bits. To 
So first of all, when he had stopped speaking, do you hear him speaking? Do you know his voice? But then they went fishing. What comes first? Hearing his voice, church, or fishing? Just don't things go quiet, huh? You see, in that case, church came first. Which one has priority? Our kids will learn by our example, but what example do we show them? Is it good or maybe not so good? This business of being out all night and going, oh, 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 it's morning. We're supposed to go to show, oh, I'm a bit tired this morning, I think I'll just have a lion. Oh, no. I think I'll have a here. What's more important? What's more important? It's important to gather together. Launch out into the deep. Jesus is always calling us to go deeper. Deep calls to deep. There is always more that God has got for us. It doesn't matter how far we've gone, there is always further to go. He has always got more. We can never ever say that we've arrived. We need to to, to make sure our mind skins stay flexible to accept the new wine that Jesus is already pouring out. New wine is only poured out when God is preparing his people with his plans and strategies for victory at a whole new level and in a whole new season. Do you recognize it when he's pouring out new wine? They missed it back when he was here on earth. And I believe we're in the midst of a new season here and now. It has already happened. Are we prepared for it? Are we ready to embrace it? You know, the old wine tasted, the new wine doesn't taste so good because it's new, and we prefer the old one. But when he's doing new things, it will be new wine, new season. Are we prepared to take that on board? And then he said, let down your nets for a catch. You see, you've already got something. You've already got some talent, some ability that can be put to use in the kingdom of God. Your net, not somebody else's net. You already have a net. What are you doing with it? Jesus didn't say, and see what we might catch. He said, let down your nets for a catch. Right there, he said there would be a catch. Every one of us is called. We're called to let down our nets with the ultimate aim of a catch. Just by ordinarily doing what we know to do, and when we're faithful with what we've been given, God will trust us with more. Some people will have a, a net different from your net, and that's fine. Don't try to pinch their net. See, sometimes... We learn things and we get some training and Jesus gives us a, a different type or a different style of net. And that's fine too. Well, the Holy Spirit comes on us and we get a brand new and bigger net. But do we actually expect the catch? You see, I wonder how many people heard the gospel that day simply because Simon 
empty sites were available. Available in response to Jesus' request for our Lord. What would have happened if he had said, as he does say, Master, we have toiled all night and thought nothing. I'm too tired. I'll just stay in bed. I want to go home to bed. I've been up at work all night. I want to go home. Nothing bothers me. Master, we've toiled all night and taught nothing. And that was coming from experienced fishermen. They'd been out all night. That's the way it was done back there because daytime fishing was a complete waste of time. They had to do it in the dark. So what Jesus is proposing is something new. And that's pretty radical. Let's do something new. One way or another, nothing will ever stay the way it was. We'll either go forwards or go backwards. Mission will slide. It, it takes an effort to keep anything growing and developing and to stop it from going backwards. Jesus started doing a new thing during his time here on earth and he hasn't stopped since. You need to keep your eyes on him because you haven't been this way before. New season. And then he goes on to say this. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Sometimes Jesus tells us to do things that in our experience and understanding we believe won't work. That's not going to work. It's not dark enough. doesn't matter what I think or feel, Lord, but at your word I will let down the net. Obedience. Responding to his word. Hearing his voice. And so often that still small voice that can be so easy to miss. Do we hear his voice? Do we hear his word? And listen amongst the whole raft of other voices clamoring for our attention. Do we know and recognize his voice? How often do we have a dream-free day? short time ago I was in a situation where teenage girl on the phone playing with it all the way and finally it was one of those interesting sort of situations I finally said to her you don't put that thing down kind of confiscate it you didn't do that so I'll take it back give me the phone you watch me she reluctantly handed over the phone, so I put it in the hip pocket. So I knew she wouldn't dare try and take it out of there. Hmm? But seriously, how often do we have a screen free day and say, Lord, I'm going to listen to your voice? How often have we read scripture cover to cover? As in cover to cover. Mean everything? Yeah. Everything. I don't believe page numbers. But read everything. Cover to cover. How often have we done it? You know, we expect Jesus, oh, speak to me, talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often do you read the scriptures? You ever notice that? If you haven't read it, how can you understand it? It's something we should be doing repeatedly. So these guys were tired. They'd been up all night. Maybe toiling on the nets. All through the night had been something of a sacrifice. But obedience to his word is better than sacrifice. 
Because obedience always brings you breakthrough. And so often that breakthrough comes right when we think we've come to the end of it all and are ready to give up when you think you're done. You're only halfway there. Maybe Jesus even said, okay, Peter, you've done it your way. You've got the skills. Let's just shift and change things a bit and try my way. Instead of just being confined to what's worked in the past, try things, try, try doing what I know to do. Instead of doing it the traditional way, instead of just fishing in the dark, let's try fishing in the light. Sometimes we can put in a lot of time and effort to no apparent result, but a change in mind skin, maybe a prophetic word, can bring everything into the light. Make it a whole lot more visible. And it's called breakthrough. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. They filled both boats so they began to sink. That's not bad going. So that, that's one incredible blessing on their fishing business. So many fish that, that nets were breaking and both boats were sinking. That's an amazing blessing. Jesus is interested in your business and in your workplace and will bless it. You spend time with him and are obedient. And it's okay to be in business because the kingdom needs kingdom people out there running kingdom businesses to bring that influence and finance into the kingdom and sometimes people in business are the only ones who can reach other people in business. You have got that anointing and appointing. That is your net. If you're in business, that is your net. What are you doing with it? There are others there to help them. We all need help from time to time. Sometimes it's to help each other enjoy the blessing that's found its way into your net or into, into their net. It's called body ministry and teamwork. And sometimes we need to use our skills, our gifts and talents to, to help other people and they need to use their resources to help you. It can be about a kingdom mindset as opposed to a religious or a denominational Weinstein. They signaled to their pastors. Signaled to their pastors. They signaled to their partners. They didn't shout out. You know, that's what it says they signaled to them. I took that word out just to make sure I had it right. And it signaled, it means they signaled to them, they didn't call out. Okay? The others must have seen their signals and come on over, which means they were watching out for each other. It's important to watch out for each other. To ordinarily take care of each other. Hopefully, there's already a measure of that happening. But I believe it's something we really need to be doing for each other and it's going to need to be on the increase. With everything that's going on in this nation right now, if it keeps going the way it is, we're in for a rough ride. We're going to have to watch out for each other, help each other, hold each other up, pray for each other. Is where the question is going to come in. I was talking to someone just recently who came out of one of the old Iron, Iron Curtain countries. She'd been living there. She was originally from there, had lived under the Russian rule. Her concern is that right now this nation is heading the same way. She can see it coming. And she said, I've lived under that before. It's horrific. You do not want to let that happen again. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Are you making your voice heard? Are you prepared to make your voice heard? Are you prepared to stand up to what we know is right, but the rest of the world is saying is wrong? 
from, I hope I'm wrong. But there's a time not too far away. We're standing up for what we know to be right. It's going to come at a price. When it comes to body ministry, staff can't do it all. If you call this house home, you need to have your sleeves rolled up. It's called commitment and loyalty. But remember that commitment and loyalty are neither of those things until they're tested. Then both the boats began to sink. They needed another boat. What's your backup plan when God blesses your ministry or business so much you need another boat? You thought about that? When Simon, Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Peter didn't really want Jesus to depart from him. You see, the whole experience brought a sudden realisation of the holiness of Jesus and his own sinful nature. It brought humility. It wasn't the dark night of failure that humbled him. He was humbled by his bright morning of success. And that is a mark of character and integrity. You see, when success humbles us, then failure coupled with perseverance will strengthen and build us up. But if success puffs us up, failure will almost invariably destroy us. Sometimes our greatest disappointment comes right before our greatest hurt. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. And this is where Jesus highlights the prophetic nature of the miracle. Follow me, be obedient to my voice, and you will be responsible for bringing a mighty harvest, a mighty catch into the kingdom. So many will be amazed, you're going to need others around you to help you, and if you try to go it alone, you'll sink. And Jesus started his commission by saying, do not be afraid. Whenever Jesus tells us not to be afraid, we know there's situations coming that are going to be very scary. They're going to be difficult. They're going to be dangerous. Situations where we have very good reason to be afraid. But perfect love overcomes fear. And courage doesn't become courage until there's risk and there's danger. These guys had been catching living fish which died so they could earn a living. From that point on, they would catch people who were dead in their sin and they would be born again so that they could live and the rewards would be eternal. Those fishermen built a legacy and an example that is still bringing in a harvest today. You are part of it. Question now is, and I'm going to leave it with you, what legacy and example are you building?